Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to The Upfront Investor, the show where each and every week I give you all the very latest information on what's happening in the Australian share market. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation. Now let's get into it. Hello and welcome to The Upfront Investor. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. And this week I'd actually like to chat to you about what risks you are taking. And it seems that the share market can seem a little bit like a minefield for uneducated investors who don't really understand the risk they're taking. Now, if you're one of these and you believe that the share market is risky business, it actually means you're probably like many others, and that's what, and actually missing out on profits from actually owning shares. And, and I know the statistics are from the ASX that the average shareholder only owns two, maybe three shares. And quite often when I do seminars, when I say people do own shares, they own Telstra and Commonwealth Bank, They're pretty much the couple that they actually own. And, and safely navigating your way in the share market is made simple with some simple rules and I'd really like to share that with you and I know in my book How to Beat the Managed Funds we do talk about some simple rules and if you haven't read it then please do because uh, the feedback we get about how it can help you construct a portfolio and stay safe and take the mystique out of the whole share market. Uh, We do get a lot of positive feedback but knowing the rules allows you to avoid the common mistakes investors make in the share market. So to help you here are seven tips that I actually teach investors. Now, the biggest risk occurs when you put the money, or sorry, when you put your money into investments, you actually don't understand. In rising markets, there is no urgency to get educated, or people feel that there's no urgency to get educated, because after all, all ships rise on the same tide. However, the markets also fall, however, markets actually also fall, and this catches uneducated investors out, because the simple thing is the markets don't rise forever, they do rise and then fall and rise and fall. Now, when the market does fall, it causes investors to lose. And the best way to minimize your risk is to actually educate yourself before you invest, not when you had the loss on the other side of it. And and a lot of people I know made that mistake prior to the GFC. They were making money from 2003 to 2007. Everything was rosy, then the GFC happened, and then they all just, all of a sudden decided, hmm, maybe I need an education now. Uh, and so we did get a lot of inquiry about that and obviously people who read my book after the GFC came back to me and said, wow, I wish I'd read this before the GFC. The interesting thing is that uh, we can only present the information, you actually have to use it or, or do with it. My, um, tip number two, investing without a stop loss is high risk. You know, to me, it doesn't matter whether you're an investor or a trader, you should always have an exit strategy. A stop loss allows you just to decide how much money up front you're actually willing to risk. And when it comes to investing, It's not what you stand to make that's important, but what you do not lose. And this is a really critical point is often people, when they get into the share, they don't ever, while they intelligently or sorry, intellectually think that it's possible they can lose on the share, nobody actually believes that they will. And so while everything's going up, everybody's happy. But uh, I I don't know anybody that worries about a share going up, but 
you need to uh, be concerned about them if they go down. So always need an exit strategy on a share or anything you actually invest in, actually. Um, tip number three, investing without a plan is actually gambling. And we know the saying, fail to plan, you, and you plan to fail. And I, I really do think Warren Buffett put it best when he said, someone is sitting in the shade today because somebody planted a tree a long time ago. And that is planning. So if you want to, there's another, there's a saying that I, I learned many, 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 many years ago. And it says, I, I, I will today what others won't. So I can play tomorrow where others can't. And it's the same sort of thing. So I will invest today. I will save today. I will um, not necessarily sacrifice today, but plan better today. So when I do get into retirement, that I can play in places where other people can't. And even today, we're still seeing the majority of people retiring on some form of pension and they can't survive. And so this is it's saying to me that, yeah, you really need to do think about it. If you're in your 20s or 30s, you really need to think about it. If you're in your 40s, you definitely need to think about it. And if you're 50, you, you really, really, it's super critical. You really think about it now that you need to start planting some seeds so that you can sit in the shade um, in the future. Tip number four, never buy a stock just to get a dividend. I hear this so often. People go, I bought it because it gets a dividend. Always buy for capital gain first and foremost and a dividend second. As the dividend is the icing on the cake, it's not the cake itself. Always go for growth uh, because that's telling you you're buying good quality companies. Just because it pays a big dividend doesn't make it a good company. Uh, number five, never dollar cost average or average a loss. Uh, and I know this is one of those things in, in terms of the, the financial services market. Yeah, people, they talk about dollar cost averaging all the time. It is financial suicide in my book. This is a flawed strategy as it sub subjects investors to increasingly higher risk when investing in shares that are falling in value. Don't have a dollar cost average or average down your loss. Um, number six, never buy a stock because it appears cheap. Cheap does not mean a bargain in the share market. I, I can assure you just because it's 10 cents doesn't make it cheap. It just makes it 10 cents because you cannot value a share based on the price of the share. It's based on, it, it, you can only value the share on what it's actually worth. If a share is trading at 10 cents, but it's only intrinsically worth five, that means it's expensive. But if a share is at 10 cents, um, but it's worth 20 cents, then it's cheap. That's the only way to do it. You cannot just, a 10 cent stock could be just more expensive than a $20 stock in terms of that. Um, you should always buy quality shares, not quantity and that's a big thing um, to achieve the greatest long-term gains the top 50 shares on the market is a really good place to look at or good place to start um tip number seven whilst it's true that diversification reduces your risk a portfolio that is over diversified i more than 12 stocks again read my book um, will generally mirror the market which can mean losses of up to 50 percent or more for some investors in those downward moves, all those big downward moves, such as the GFC. And there are only two things that we control when it comes to the share market. One is when to buy and the other one is when to sell. And therefore, it's essential we understand how to get this actually right. I just want to cover up, excuse me for ruffling my paper a little bit. I just want to cover a couple of other little things before we finish off. One thing I wanted to cover, if it's more topical in the market right now, is floats. Because we're seeing some floats and even in the newspapers on the weekend, I saw some articles about floats. And I know I did comment um, on some of that in the marketplace. But when the market's more bullish, um, company floats 
or in other words, companies listing on the Australian share market really do come back in favour. And if uh, I think I was on Thursday or Friday, I looked at, uh, had a quick look at the ASX website and I actually found that since the end of June 2014, we're in uh, July 2014 right now, um, since the end of June, there have been 23 floats with another 13 uh, companies floating on our market um, up to the 27th of August, so in the next sort of six weeks. Um, now, given this, floats are very much in favour right now, but are they really good to invest in? And that's one question you need to understand. Now, company floats are always topic on. It's an area where I get many questions from people attempting to grab what they perceive is a bargain. I mean, how however, you know, a bargain's only a bargain if you get good value, as we talked about before. Now, if you look more deeply into the floats that are coming up in the next six weeks, only six are for over $50 million. That means the company floating are wanting to raise $50 million or over $50 million. So only six of the 23. Five are under $10 million, and two are between 10 and $50 million. No, none of which I would invest in. Because to me, as, as any company listing onto our market for less than $50 million, in my opinion, a high-risk speculative investment and really best avoided. If you look at the, the listing, it costs you at least half a million dollars a year just to do all your reporting for the listing, let alone the listing itself. Um, so... To me, it's not really worth it for $10 million or $5 million. You're not really benefiting the company. So, so whilst you may get calls from a broker espousing the benefits of getting into a company float, and they do ring and they do send you emails, you need to keep in the back of your mind that they're really paid lots of money to ensure the float is successful because they will get bonuses there in their marketing. They, if they underwrite the float, they're paid to actually float that company. So they are very, very, very much... Um, biased about that float because their job is to make it successful. And hence, you're unlikely to get good advice. You get good marketing documents rather than that. And the example I, I want to use was Myers when it floated a few years back. There was a hell of a lot of hypey marketing about it from the big institutions as how well the share price was out, was likely to perform. And I remember putting out articles saying, why would you buy it? It's not a company that you want to buy. And even though Myers is a great company and it's a long-standing company, that's very, very solid, but right at that point in time, it wasn't a company that you should have been into. Um, and even though there was this big, and a lot of retail clients got sucked into it in my book. So what occurred is that those clients who chose to invest had to suffer a falling share price for nearly three years after that. And even today, nearly five years after the float, those investors that bought in on that float are still losing on what they paid for that. Was that a great investment? I think not. Now, whereas now is a better time to look at owning the share, Colesmire is starting to look quite good. So my advice is not to buy any floats. As statistics prove, you have a, a better than even bet that you'll be able to get it at a cheaper price after the float. So on the market, what do we expect on the, the share market over the next few, next week or so? Now, last week, our market really did rise strongly, if I can get my mouth to work properly. And I was really hopeful of it breaking above the 5,550 point level, which I wanted to break free of because it would mean it would get out of this protracted sideways movement that we've been in since last October. I mean, you know, they're reporting good financial year returns um, in the marketplace at the moment in the media, but that was all in the first eight weeks of, of this first financial year. The rest of the time, it's been sideways. However, last week, it did actually pull back a little, suggesting the market is still a little bit indecisive. That said, I'm still leaning towards the Australian share market moving higher in the coming months, and there are some big stocks on our market 
that are still looking good um, and others that have not so, done so well in the past showing some very positive signs. And these are companies such as Newcrest, AMP, BHP, Rio. Um, whilst it's a little bit early for these companies, I really do suggest putting them on your watch list for further down the track. So uh, you've been listening to the Upfront Investor on Dale Gillam here at, uh, or the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Uh, take care, good luck and uh, have a great week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's Upfront Investor Podcast. For more information, products and services, and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation.